welcome to the Park Road Podcast for January 28th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, The Demand for an Immediate Response. I've stood ankle deep in the waters of the Sea of Galilee. Maybe it was in the very exact spot of this scene from the gospel story today. Maybe. I've ridden on the Jesus boat on the Sea of Galilee. Okay, it was not the very one that Jesus and his disciples would have ridden in, but it was a replica, so it was close. When I was there with 20 other pastors from many different denominations and we read this story and tried to imagine that we had been there in this very moment, that moment when Jesus walks up to you and on the banks of the water and simply says, follow me. And you know that that follow me means leaving what you know, leaving what is safe and secure, to take a risk and venture out into an unknown And even in that holy land where the setting is ripe with all the yeses of a life of faith, even when I heard this story there at the scene of the ask, I felt more hesitant than obliging. Follow me. And they did. Knowing it was the right thing to do while not knowing what in the world they were getting themselves into. I love these call stories. They're so smooth and easy. They're so neat and tidy. This carpenter turned prophet arrives on the scene, maybe says just a few things about God and God's love, who knows, and then puts forth a simple yet straightforward statement. Follow me. And they drop what they are doing and they say, I'm all in. It's nothing shy of miraculous, if you ask me. There's no record of them asking any questions. They don't seem to need any clarification. They just fall in line. It's pretty amazing. I guess they knew enough to say yes. Maybe they felt the vibe or connected to his energy of this itinerant preacher, and they could not resist. Or maybe, as Russ mentioned in that commentary, they knew enough about the life of a fisherman to know that this was a dead-end job, that they were low man on the totem pole, and maybe anything would be sweeter than the deal they were living in. Who really knows what they knew? But I think it's safe to say that they probably did not know what they knew. When they said yes to this statement, and notice it's not a question, follow me? And I don't get the sense that it's a command, like follow me. It seems to be a pretty simple statement that's meant to be taken both literally and figuratively. Follow me. And when they said yes to this, there is no way that they could have understood what they had just gotten themselves into. They did not know what they knew. 
but I can only guess that something burned within them that was strong enough to make them say yes by simply dropping their nets and taking up a cross, but they did not know that the cross was coming, and they certainly didn't know they would be asked to take up their own. They just knew they had to follow him. They had no idea what he would end up asking of them, and that was for the best. For if they had known what was ahead, there is no way they would have signed up. So they went with what they knew, their gut. There's this one word in the text, it's repeated twice, but Mark likes to use it a lot, immediately. The first time in this scene from today, as Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon's brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, and Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately, they left their nets and followed him. The second time in this scene, as he went a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, his brother John, who were in the boat, mending the nets. Immediately, he called to them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Immediately implies urgency. Immediately suggests that there's not a lot of time for your list of making of your pros and your cons. Immediately indicates that there is no time to weigh your options. Immediately points to quick decisions. Some of you are nauseous right now because you love your lists of pros and cons. You love weighing all the options. The sense of urgency makes you uncomfortable. Immediately involves listening to your gut. And as long as your gut is centered on the love of God and the way of Jesus, you can hardly go wrong. One blogger explained it this way about this passage. Maybe a life of faith can only happen in immediately. In the surprising, sudden, profound epiphany of God at work, God revealed in our lives. Because if we think we can adequately prepare for God's epiphanies, that we can be fully ready for what we will see, well, then God might be less than epiphanous. She goes on to say, we are called, perhaps not so much to follow, but to take marks immediately seriously. This is not, wait a few minutes, let me pack my bag, I have a few more arrangements to make. No, epiphanies just happen. No preparation, no packing list, no recommendations for what to take, what to do. And so Jesus just happens. On the shores of the Sea of Galilee, no time to think, no invitation to take your time, just go. Epiphanies are untamable and unpredictable. I love those words. Some of you do not love those words. You like tame, controlled, predictable. You want to know the end results before you launch in. Oh, that is not living immediately. Caroline Lewis ends her, word, ends her thoughts this way. 
unexpected, and even undeserved, epiphanies, especially of the divine nature, demand an immediate response. Follow me. Demands an immediate response. This happened to me this past week. You know one of those moments that demanded an immediate response? One of those moments when I didn't know what I knew? I just went with my gut. I knew my gut, but I didn't really know what all it would entail. Not until I arrived was it revealed to me how much I did not know. I had been following this story on social media, social media, but in a very skimming fashion. A sister church's story of one of their church members who was in the U.S. legally, but had been detained and is on track for deportation. I'd only paid attention in a very cursory fashion because of the relatively new pastor at Myers Park Baptist Church, used to be the pastor of this church in Cary, North Carolina. And I only last week put two and two together that Dan's daughter is a member of this church and that our own Sandra Richardson used to be on staff at this church. So for the last few weeks, I have just rapidly scrolled through my Facebook news feed as I've seen this man's face and read only the headline of his story. The color of his skin kissed by the sun from an African country and a headline that used the words detained and deportation. He was a member of a sister alliance of Baptist church up the road. Follow me. That's all I know. Follow me. So when the call came for local clergy to show up on Wednesday morning at 1130 at the Department of Homeland Security here in Charlotte, can I confess that I didn't know we had a Department of Homeland Security here in Charlotte? I went. And so did Dan. And so did Sandra. And when we got there, Jody Collins was there, tambourine in hand. And Ladane McLeese-Pulaski, too. Along with other, member, other people in town, pastors in our stoles, lay people holding up signs. We stood behind the pastor of Greenwood Forest Baptist Church, she being very great with child, and we listened to her so eloquently tell the story of Jill Bakendu. I knew I was supposed to be there. I knew. I just didn't know what I knew. Does that make sense? In other words, my gut said show up, but I didn't even know Jill's story. And then the pastor began to tell his story for him, how Jill Bakendu came to the U.S. legally. He has worked here for over 10 years. In 2004, in 2004 he fled the Republic of Congo for fear of political persecution because he had witnessed with his own two eyes state-sponsored violence and murder. Because he had witnessed this, he feared for his life. And 10 years ago, he came here. He has worked in the United States for 10 years. He has been a member of a sister congregation just up the road in Cary. He has attended his regularly scheduled appointments about his immigration status. 
all these years. And on January the 9th, 2018, when he came to Charlotte's Department of Homeland Security office just off of Tyboa Road for his regularly scheduled appointment, he stepped into the building with a minister at his side as his advocate, just like always. When they took him into the room, he was detained. He never got to speak to the minister that brought him there every time. He was then sent to a detention center in York, South Carolina, and then on to one in Georgia, where he sits now, alone and without his medication. This detention may cost him his life. His deportation is surely his death sentence. I stood there on the very grounds where Jill Bikindu was detained right here in our own city and watched member, members of his church who had come in a van to pray and to sing and to speak out on his behalf because they are the only voice he has right now in the whole wide world. I joined my voice with theirs because I knew it was the right thing to do, but I did it not even knowing what I know. He said, follow me. So I did. An immediate response was demanded, and so I went. I didn't know all the facts. But the picture of his face that scrolled across my new Facebook newsfeed was his church directory picture. The photograph that all the people held up in posters of Jill is from Olin Mills. They captured this man's face to be put in a book alongside all the other church members in Cary, North Carolina, and now he sits in a detention center without his medications and without an advocate in his corner except for us. I didn't know what I knew until I got there Wednesday morning. I didn't know what I knew until I showed up and heard his story all I knew was to follow my gut. He sits in a detention center without his medications and without an advocate except for us. I don't know what I got myself into. And I guess by association, I don't know what I got you into either. I do not yet fully know what this might mean for me. I just know that I haven't been able to stop thinking about my brother Jill since Wednesday morning. He is no longer an Olin Mills face that scrolls across my newsfeed. I do not have to have met him face to face to know that an immediate response is demanded of us. Not until we jump into the call to action that a faith requires of us can we understand what it means to respond to Jesus' statement, follow me. Putting caution to the wind, the demand for an immediate response calls us to drop our nets 
and save the world or at least die trying. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.